take number two. Today is April 5th, 2020. Welcome to the Generic Board Game Podcast, all the board game content you could possibly want at a fraction of the price. I'm your American host, Philip Millman. And I'm your European host, Victor Gannon. We have something a little bit special for you this evening, haven't we? We do, we do. I am extremely excited about this. This is going to take us out of our comfort zone about us not talking about ourselves, which is what we like to do. Are you sure we can't get a little bit of that in before the end? Uh, we might, we might. We might get a few things about us at the end, but uh, maybe not. Uh, Vic and I are still social distancing by, I don't know, three, 4,000 miles. I don't know what that is in kilometers, so forgive me. But what's exciting today is we have, and I'm going to probably get her name wrong, so I hope she doesn't beat me up over it. Rachel Blask, did I get it right? You're close. It's Blasky. Blasky. Okay, we have Rachel Blasky of Mintwork Games. Well, actually, technically, it's 524 Studios. That I do remember. You're and close. on the web, You're close. I, I'm getting lots of things wrong. You should see my rules <laughs> explanations. I get those wrong all the time, too. <laughs> but, but Rachel uh, and her husband make a lot of um, Mintim games. In fact, uh, Mintim Works is the first game I've gotten of theirs. I have uh, one of the collector's editions, n- number six of 50 of the original Mint Works, which is hard to put together, but it kind of, it's sort of, the pieces are a little bit big for the, the tin, but it's, <laughs> it's, but it's a game, but I do have the newer versions, which I do keep in my backpack or in my car, just in case, you know, you need a board game, just mm-hmm. because you need a board game. They have other <laughs> games like uh, Mint Delivery, uh, Mint Control, uh, Mint Cooperative, which I don't think is out yet. And mm-hmm. one more game, which is like a Western game, and I'm blanking on the name of it right now. Area 1851. Area, area 1851. And I got twerk really excited. Works, of course. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, but Mint Twerk, I think, came out on April 1st. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm still hoping for Mint Tin Cup. I think you got a good sports game in there. You know, I like oh, sports. Yeah. You got to get that done. <laughs> Um, so before we start, uh, everybody knows our backgrounds if they've listened to any of our podcasts, but why don't you give us a little bit of your background, um, prior to coming into the board gaming industry and, and kind of what you do now. Wow. Um, that is quite the long and sorted tale. Oh, we got time. Don't even (laughs) to, to even... (laughs) Uh, it, it's real funny because there's nothing to do with anything that I do now. (laughs) I pretty much, uh, just did whatever I fell into for a long time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, by, I would say 10 years ago, I kind of enjoyed, um, for a while I was substitute teacher for a Mm -hmm. while. I uh, decided to stay home. Um, and, uh, I ended up hosting exchange students mm-hmm. and then during my exchange student time I ended up falling in love with that and then starting to place the exchange students so that I worked for them for a few years mm-hmm. and that allowed me to travel a lot and that was mm-hmm. super fun and then I finally realized that I could just stay home and you know play with my new baby that I had and I pretty much stayed home in since he was a year old and now he is almost 11. Wow. So I stayed home ever since then and uh, until the board game industry caught my interest. (laughs) 
Wow, that's that's a sordid tale. Yeah, the um, wow. I was thinking hired assassin, Vic. I don't know about you. When she said sordid I, you know, details, you know, <laughs> if you're if you're going to be a hired assassin, <laughs> we won't go be into like the earlier <laughs> the earlier things, like right, uh, all the things that you get into in college and like DJing and all sorts of fun stuff. No, and, and that's cool. So, uh, you had all this uh, pre-board gaming, and then you said board gaming caught your interest. And I'm just curious, did it happen before or after your husband entered into the tin competition? Oh, it much further on past that. <laughs> oh, okay. I was, I was definitely the reluctant wife for a long time, going, why are you doing all this stuff? It's so dumb <laughs> that, that sounds awfully like my wife's wedding speech but <laughs> <laughs> yes no i uh he was all excited about board gaming for the longest time he was he was trying to since we were like dating he was always into making games but he's a computer programmer and so he always was into trying to make video games and he would always hit this roadblock in, with art because he can program and he is creative in in creating game mechanics and things like that but he'd hit this issue with not being able to do 2d art or some sort of pixel art or whatever and so he'd always get stuck and finally he realized that there were board games and that it you could just use icons and, and uh kept it real simple Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he was a board game designer, and it actually worked. Wow, that's great! I was introduced to uh, MintWorks relatively recently. I was going to Essen um, a couple of years ago, and the guy I was on the plane with, or one of the guys I was on the plane with, had a copy of the game, took it out, and we played it on board a plane on the way to oh. Germany. And That's awesome. Yeah, I, I was absolutely blown away. I bought a copy of it, um, probably just before I landed, <laughs> if it would, would have been possible. But I have it in my car, just in case I get attacked by bears or get snowed in, which mm-hmm. happens in Ireland more than you would think. Oh, of course. Or, or if you get stuck in a pub. You know, that happens yeah, too in Ireland. Exactly. You know, your car just wanders <laughs> towards a pub and you get stuck there and it, it just happens. That, that happens constantly, yeah. So, so you went from being a board board gamers wife to getting yes. into the industry uh yeah what 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 sparked the interest and the general then the acceptance and then the love i assume there's sort of five stages of board gaming like there is in grief right right for, <laughs> of course of course well uh first stage is to watch your husband burn out mm-hmm. and to watch him uh get overwhelmed as is uh want to happen when you have a small business and uh in a somewhat amateur industry and you try to wear all the hats at once and you have a spectacularly successful uh introduction to the board gaming industry and then you just jump right in so all of which trying to uh work um full-time with four brand new children um (laughs) we have we had one biological child at that time but then we ended up adopting three siblings at the same time and i don't know he he pretty much just exploded like i mean i didn't blame it (laughs) 
Kudos, kudos to you for adopting three children. Um, you know, I've had to take custody of my wife's uh, niece. My wife and I took uh, custody of our niece. It ain't so simple. And taking on three simultaneously, if I were wearing a hat, I would take it off to you. That's impressive. They, they can't see the video. Pretend you're doing that. Now. Okay, there I am right. doing it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is busy for sure. And so uh, he just uh, got overwhelmed, tired. And I, as a wife, I watched him and I'm just thinking, how can I help? That's kind of my thing is I try to help people a lot. And, uh, um, uh, I just thought, okay, well, you're overwhelmed with maybe some emails because they were having some trouble with, with, uh, fulfilling one of the Kickstarters. Um, and I was watching my niece from eight in the morning to three in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And she was little. She, uh, I started watching her when she was about three months old, and I watched her till she was eighteen months old. Mm-hmm. And she, so I would get up at four in the morning. Um, I would answer customer service emails for five twenty four from four to six. Mm-hmm. My kids would get up uh, around six thirty and get mm-hmm. ready to go to school. Uh, in the good old days when there was school, and <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And then, um, we, uh, then, uh, my niece would come over and then when she went down for a nap from 10 to 12, I would go in and answer more emails. Mm-hmm. Um, and after about 30 days of that, I finally caught up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I just had so much fun making people happy because I, uh, you know, would fix the problems, uh, right. customer service. That's the, what, what you start with. Right. Um, and by the end of it, I got everything kind of cleaned up and I thought, okay, well, I, it's really easy to stay on top of this now. So now what else needs done? And I just started looking around like, okay, well, they could use some operations help, maybe, you know, figuring out some other things. What about what's going on with, um, banking and all, like just trying to help all the, all the things that got halfway done because, because they were, he was doing too many things with too many hats. And, mm-hmm. um, the longer that I did that, the more I felt like I could help and mm-hmm. helping was helping my family. And, mm-hmm. um, as I prepared to launch another Kickstarter, um, for them, for the first one that I, I tried running by myself, um, which was area 1851 express that failed, mm-hmm. uh, I was able to start to like get to know people in the industry mm-hmm. and, and that's where I fell in love. Uh, it's, it. it's board games are awesome and I love board games and they're super fun and they connect people, but I am so much more about the people that I'm connecting to. There's some good people in the board game industry. That's, that's absolutely true. Vic, notwithstanding. Yeah, yeah no, obviously not me. The, um, <laughs> can I ask you, was this, and I, I'm curious about this. Um, and our listener is probably curious as well, is was it a, a slow transition between you were saying you guys were involved in software development and so on, and then you kind of, you were catapulted into this? Was it a, a kind of hard change from a nine to five job to now you're game developers and designers, or was there a kind of slow disappear from your original kind of careers and then uh, a slow move into the, the what you're doing now? Well, basically with the, with all of that, um, 
Justin kind of was introduced to Catan a long time ago. And as he, he always says, do you call it Settlers or Catan? <laughs> because he thinks that it's so hipster of him. He's like, okay, well, I call it Settlers, which means that I'm from the original. <laughs> like, okay. But uh, uh, he um, kind of fell in love with that and then started getting into the modern board gaming. And when, um, during all of the game design, the development, all of that, we were, he still has worked full-time the entire mm. time. Mm. He's wow. still a full-time board game, sorry, full-time uh, computer programmer. Um, he, in the current uh, crisis, he's lucky enough to be working completely remotely from home. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's, he never switched over. It was, it was more that I kind of fell into the full-time part of it because I was already home. Very Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So uh, one of the questions I had is how did 524 labs get its name? Well, it's kind of cute. Um, so Justin and I were married on May 24th. Aww. Uh, yes. And <laughs> six, I know, right? Everybody's Big like, heart. The saccharin. Yeah. Um, uh, and then six years later, uh, our only biological son was born on May 24th. Fantastic. So 524 is a pretty big deal in our house. And so that is, that is the basis for the name. It's really, really good. That that is that is really uh, that's really awesome. So you talked about you're now. I mean, you like board games, but it's more about the people. Um, so I'm gonna. One of the questions uh, we're, I'm kind of curious about is what are your top three non mint work games, and then mm. and, and 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 name three people that you absolutely love in the industry. Of course, you love everybody, oh. but but who do you love? Oh my gosh! Uh, besides besides Debbie. Uh, <laughs> I love Debbie. Um, That's Debbie Moynihan for everybody who doesn't know, but go ahead. Yes. Oh, gosh. Naming only. Okay. The three people are way easier than the board games. Um, the board games, they, I, uh, I live in the cult of the new version of called R and D. Oh, got it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I play a lot of games that are brand new and then I don't revisit them and then I get them on and, um, I'm constantly, basically, if there's a mint tin out there, I back it and I play it and I, you know, watch for it. And sometimes I buy it and <laughs> like the design and, uh, I, um, but when I think of my actual favorite games, um, this is, this is silly to hear, I'm sure for you guys, cause I've heard your opinion on this game, but, uh, Wingspan was the first one that made me feel like a gamer. No, that's great. No, look, and 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 one thing I, we 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 always say: look, even if even if I don't particularly enjoy a game, that doesn't mean it's not a good game. Games are like mm-hmm. books. There is a book for everyone. There is a taste for everyone. That's I correct. like reading James. I like reading James Joyce. Not everybody does. In fact, most insane people don't, including the Irishman who's a, <laughs> who's listening to this. <laughs> no, I, I'm illiterate, so it doesn't matter. It's all audio books for you me. Know, and and so, so never feel silly about enjoying the game you enjoy playing. If you said Monopoly, you would not get us 
No, not at all. No, no, no face reaction. So enjoy Wingspan. And by the way, Elizabeth Hargrave, wonderful human being. She's local to me. Oh, yeah. And so, I, uh, and I've met her several times and she's just wonderful every time I met her. So Wingspan, what's the other two? Uh, well, Wingspan made me feel like a gamer for the first time because mm-hmm. uh, it, it was beyond um, anything that I thought that I was really capable of, which is an odd thing because I don't feel like I'm an, uh, uh, I've ever been interpreted as an unintelligent person but it's just definitely something that you're like oh this is a different level of of intricacy or complexity that that the average board gamer doesn't usually like you know the mainstream board gamer doesn't Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. like so that was really fun and i really enjoyed that it was a different theme that um and i've talked to elizabeth and told her how amazing um of a game that she's made and how it has affected a lot of people. And I'm currently wearing my wingspan shirt that she mm-hmm. and Natalia signed for me because <laughs> I totally fangirled out. Um, and uh, let's see the rest of them. Okay. I'm um, I have talked with Justin about starting a clue collection. Nice. Uh, because that was my growing up game. I, mm-hmm. I think it'd be really fun if I was going to collect things because I don't really collect much mm-hmm. except children. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> that children. it would be, yeah. I do, I do. <laughs> and people, um, uh, I would say clue. Um, and gosh, uh, I know I was supposed to think through some of this ahead of time, but <laughs> you have four um, kids. That's hard we, to do. I know. I looked over the stuff. I'm like, okay, I'm going to put thought into this. And then I ended up uh, sewing a bunch of of uh, face masks today and bleaching my hair and <laughs> like, all the things. Way more important. Um, I know, right? Uh, and I would say um, uh, I would say D&D. Oh, wow. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's great game that was yeah, one of the first games that i started up as well so uh you will never hear a crossword about D from me that's for gosh darn or sure. I, from me. I love the creativity i mean it's just such an open book of a game that that i mean my kids i just hand out dungeon tiles and minis and then they're gone for like two hours creating a world and they don't even know how the dice work. They're just playing imaginatively. It's little little figures. And growing up, um, well, in my college years with Justin, we did a lot of D&D. And at one point, we co-DM'd a campaign where I was really, I love the lore. And again, Justin is all about the mechanics. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so he would write up all of the encounters. And I would write what would happen. I... <laughs> We had a grid, a grid of the, the, the map, and mm-hmm. I planned out something special to happen in every single square, and they had to decide exactly which squares they had to walk through. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and people don't realize that d d is the ultimate improv game. It is. And people just like, Wonderful. oh, and like, oh, how did you get into improv? I played d I'm a nerd. Get over it. Um, oh, yeah. I must tell you a story at some stage, but we'll do another podcast. We, um, 
a kind of ending to a campaign that had gone for 20 years with a, a friend of mine that passed away and how his character, um, we laid him to rest in the game. Great story, but the real kind oh. of just goes to show what it was like. Like, um, question for you, Rachel, is what is, um, is this your dream job? Because a lot of people kind of look at games and they go, oh, I'd love to do this. You, you know, oh. compared to everything you've done and you've mentioned, you know, doing a little bit of everything as everyone does growing up, um, is this mm -hmm. your favorite job to date? Gosh, uh, it is definitely something that I can see going a long, long time. Okay. Um, it is not my dream job uh, because I still have that that I, okay. I still want to do. Um, and I can see myself doing it within the board game industry, if that makes sense. Okay. And what is it? Well, I really love psychology. And um, I am really into efficiency and uh, um, personalities and productivity. And so my job that I try to, the way I try to run it is I try to uh, create situations in my company that allow people to shine um, and maximize whatever they're doing because they love it. Um, and so I found out that that's a real job mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's called an industrial organizational psychologist. And yep. uh, I would just go in and teach everybody how to be their best selves and teach bosses how to uh, use employees the way that they are best able to be used and to increase morale and that kind of stuff just is so interesting to me. I love that kind of stuff. So that is somewhere I could see uh, myself working probably, you know, for self-actualization down the road. So that's awesome. That's, that's really awesome. Um, I, I know people who do that and they, they enjoy it. So that, mm -hmm. that's a great thing. Um, what I guess for me is what surprised you most about being in the board gaming industry? One thing that you said earlier, which I've kind of talked about um, on and off, is you said, you know, the, uh, an, amb an amateur industry. You weren't talking about your husband or him trying to do everything himself, which he was an amateur at that. But you specifically mm -hmm. said amateur industry. And so I wonder if that's one of the things that surprised you, A, both about the job and about the industry. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, it is definitely uh, an industry that has margins that require you to be incredibly creative because uh, <laughs> yes. it, with, with the indie world being what it is, um, it, without a breakout hit and especially to create enough noise to be noticed in the glut of games that are available, um, you really have to be creative and um there's just not a lot of money there and mm -hmm. um so a lot of people do a job that is not their best um even though we're all like, i i would say on the whole a lot of people do a really good job of what they are not trained in mm -hmm. um and i remember the very first convention i went to i went to uh pax unplugged in 2018 that was my first convention oh I was there. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I now know there was a lot of people there that I, I know now, but I was not, I didn't know anybody at that point. I was just following a friend around and he was introducing me to people. And I was desperately trying to recall 
uh, this um, eight hour influx of information Justin gave me on the board game industry. And so that mm. I didn't sound <laughs> dumb in my oh, own dear. Yes, he, uh, I'm a memorizer. And so we were on our way home on a family trip from Denver, which is about eight hours from us. Mm-hmm. And before we left, I screenshotted the hotness on BGG on uh, games, publishers, and designers. Mm-hmm. And then I asked him about every single one mm-hmm. for eight hours. And wow. then it was like a download mm. of information and, and, and uh, writing notes and things like that. So then I went to PAX U and so I'm like, oh, so chip theory does too many bones and oh, Z-Man is a blah, 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 blah. So I was trying to uh, just understand it all um, in practicality at the time. And when I was there, I met a gentleman named Gerald King mm-hmm. um, and he was running a, a booth called Ultimate Team Up. Um, it's kind of an incubator for uh, indie designers that is run out of Cleveland and was at the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember him saying that there is just no real training in this industry and that um, he was trying to help with that need. And I, that just kind of stuck with me. And I was like, you know, um, there is a lot of things that I would want to know the answers to. And without uh, people like Jamie Stegmeyer and James Matthew and Brandon Rollins and now mm-hmm. Gamma is starting to step, step up in that area uh, there would be a lot of mistakes mm-hmm. so I was I was appreciative of those people that put put that out there for us oh that's great can I ask you um no there's an obvious answer to this which is four children is what <laughs> what what keeps you up at night or what you know, what's maybe the worst part of um, doing your job? Oh, okay. Yes, the four children, yes. Uh, <laughs> um, honestly, right now, uh, it is it is the uncertainty of the current climate. Um, it is whether or not there are going to be retailers that reopen after this crisis. Um, and whether or not they're going to be able to carry my games because of all the things that are going on. Um, other than that, it is trying, I, I am staying up till 2 a.m. typically uh, trying to write homeschool lesson plans as well as re- nice. as doing branding strategy and marketing campaigns and just kind of crazy. It is, it, there's not a lot of sleep happening uh, at, at my house. Yeah. And you're probably not alone. Uh, I mean, I, I follow the financial markets for my job. Um, and mm-hmm. for me, I'm, I tend to be more macro than micro. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, let's just say there's, there's a lot of sleepless nights in a lot sure. of different places. Yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah. Not just the, and not just in the United States. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's all over. Yeah. Um, so now that we've talked about what keeps you up at night, let's ask, what is the absolute best thing about the job or being in the board game industry other than meeting and being interviewed by the two-time baseball highlights, <laughs> 2045 world champion. Well, I don't know. There's, there's not much that can top that. But, uh, um, there is yeah, <laughs> most things, a lot of things. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, I was very excited to meet you at BGG and uh, grabbed you right I don't even know. You were probably going to go do something much more important. And I said, no, no, no. I want a picture with you. 
there's there was nothing more important that I was going to do. Uh, actually, I was on my way to having really lousy pizza with a good friend of mine, Jason Dinger of uh, Captains oh, yeah. of the Gulf. Uh, Jason's a great guy, and I really love his uh, Captains of the Gulf. Um, it's a Macala game that I really – it's a sort of Macala action selection game that really, really works well for me. But, no, there was nothing Ooh. better for me to do other than have lousy pizza <laughs> with Jason. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And and that actually made me think I didn't answer my three favorite people in the industry because that makes me, oh. again, think of Debbie. Debbie, uh, of course. De- Moynihan. Yes, Debbie Moynihan is wonderful. We actually co-host a breakfast um, at uh, almost every major con um, for uh, women and non non-binary uh, attendee. Well, not attendees, but like industry folks. Sure. Um, and it's a lot of fun. And um, that was one of the things that I really wanted to do the second I got into the board game industry, which also segues into what's my favorite is people. Mm-hmm. I love people and I spend time in my discord channel, um, connecting with all of the people who, uh, are fans of the company. And, um, uh, I also am constantly on Facebook and, and, uh, not, not as good at Twitter and Instagram, but there, I mean, there are so many people who are approachable. Um, Mm -hmm. because of social media and I have just made a really big point to reach out and start to get to know everybody. Um, and now people are like, Oh, it's so cool that Rachel's talking to me. And I'm like, no, I think you're very confused. My kids disagree. Like, no, she shouldn't. She's not cool at all. So, (laughs) well, uh, one of the things I do find mostly about this industry and there are a few exceptions, but they are few and far between. Thank God is that, the vast majority of people in the board gaming industry, both uh, either as content uh, providers or manufacturers or publishers, um, are all very approachable. I mean, look at uh, Daniel Zayas, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he he is a hard, hard worker, and yet he is the, one of the most extremely approachable people I've ever met. I mean, awesome. and he's just he's just a nice guy. He's just an absolutely mm-hmm. nice guy. So. Yeah. Um, one of the, the, the questions we have written down in front of us um, <laughs> is uh, the uh, and we're alternating between is just like Bananarama is um, <laughs> the the process of uh, I actually have uh, I have a cousin uh, whose husband got into um, Kickstarter and I, I kind of watched his process he's working on a game in, in Scotland and so on and it's a long process it's it's um i i think it's akin to publishing a book and so on but just for our couple of listeners the do you want to take us through the process of where you go from game production through uh the kickstarter right to the backer's hands uh, um what's involved in that roughly not i guess not every step in it but kind of like timelines and you know what's involved in doing that okay well uh, I actually taught on this at our university recently, and I have an entire timeline that I had handed out to all the attendees to that, um, and uh, did the whole, um, the, I did a whole PowerPoint and everything for it, and one of the cool things that I started with, it was really cool, uh, and of course, this is audio, so you guys can't see this, but picture me holding uh, Mintworks 
Mint Delivery, Mint Cooperative, and Mint Control. Actually, it was just th- Mint Cooperative at the time because it was before we launched. Uh, those three. I held it up in front of everyone and I said, do you see these things in my hands? And they all look and, and I said, this is $380,000 of crowdfunding right in my hand, right here. And they were just like, oh my gosh. Wow. And uh, it was really cool to uh, show them that, that that kind of stuff could happen. And now it is, what, seven, uh, like, I, I can't do math right now, but, you know, we'd made 90,000 on, on uh, mint control, um, mm-hmm. which was uh, great for being in, for having the crisis hit right in the middle of it. Um, there's a lot of people who had major downtrends and we actually didn't ever see the curve go down on that, which was, I was so grateful. Um, so I would say um, on my timeline, the very first thing that I told everybody um, was engagement, um, mm-hmm. involvement in the community. And that that started, I did a one-year timeline. Um, and the very first one um, started with getting to know the community. And uh, so that's, that's where I started that. And then um, I think the next month I had get a mentor. Um, uh, you had mentioned Daniel's, uh, uh, Daniel's involvement and he runs a a Facebook group called tabletop backer party. And at the time that I kind of came on the scene, he had just launched a mentorship program in there. Um, and I connected with a gentleman, um, named Clint Morris, Clinton Morris. Mm -hmm. And, he uh, has since opened his own publishing company, um, but is also a designer. Um, his uh, Colossal just kickstarted his game, Hunt the Ravager. Uh, and he hadn't actually done, he had prepped to do a Kickstarter, but didn't actually uh, go through it because he got picked up by Colossal right before he went live. Um, and, and really, he mentored me um, with their area 1851 express uh campaign and explained so many things just uh he was almost like an industry mentor just you know explaining who people were and what they were known for and what it was it was almost like that eight hour download that justin gave me only was Mm. ongoing because um we met over several weeks once a week Mm. and uh and that was a hugely valuable part of my training and education when i came into the board game industry um excuse my racers um (laughs) uh i live really close to our main street and uh we have all sorts of fun um boring cars anyways uh okay so and then um i would say the next one was definitely research in your market um figure out which of the mechanisms need to come out next like i mean uh for the mint line ourselves we're trying to make sure that we are putting out um, the top few mechanisms so that they get the most reach and, and then learning what those are and what's already out there. Um, Like, uh, uh, I don't even know. Um, Like control was done already. Um, So really getting to know your market, learning all the, your peers. um, And once you have what you need, 
then start the process of the planning. And I would say six months out, you need to be working on your entire plan. Um, then your marketing plan needs to kick in, you know, at least three months prior. Uh, then you go all the way up to your date. And then at, um, during it, you expect to live at your computer for, mm-hmm. <laughs> for I, I, I told myself that every time that I launch, so I have my launch day, then I stay at the computer for another day and a half. And then the third day I um, leave. I need to leave my house. I need to leave uh, the screen and I need to breathe the outside air. And then I kind of come back in. And, uh, and those are definitely the best, the best plans for during a campaign. Um, but yeah, there, that's the beginning of it. Wow. The, just the, um, like when we see big games and like say a CMON game where they're getting a million in, you know, the first hour or two, when you see, your product, your game, it's up there in Kickstarter and the go button goes and it started and you start to see money trickle in. How does that feel? Oh my gosh. It's, I don't even, I don't really know how to explain it. It, um, uh, the last two launches, I invited an, an outside person to come and watch because mm-hmm. I did these different, um, I did these different things uh, in the community and I know there's a lot of creators that, that want to try Kickstarter. And so I usually try to invite people to watch. I mean, I tell them, I'm like, you're welcome to fly on the wall. I will probably not have time to talk to you, but here you go. Um, And I'm a strange one. I have a, a full checklist. I have, I delegate to other members of the team and that way I can be doing things at, you know different times and everything kind of is turnkey and happens at the same time but when you launch and you watch and the number starts jumping up you just feel supported like you feel like there are people out there that do care what you're doing and it is incredible to feel like you're you're not just throwing, screaming into the void that people are hearing you because you do your job, you try to connect with people and um, it's, it's just an incredible feeling. And so when we got to, um, we were, uh, we hit our goal within 46 minutes on wow. this last one. Yeah. And uh, the person who was watching um, uh, the person, the outside person that I invited, he actually videoed, videoed when we hit, um, and you can hear me screaming and, and how everybody, I mean, it's still, I mean, it was the fourth one. It's still crazy to, to think that this is my job. Like this is what I do on this day and that everybody is there with me. And it feels like such a community effort. Um, so I think that that's probably the best part of being on Kickstarter and only good part. Of <laughs> sure. So. Fantastic. Well, um, first of all, I want to thank you very much for spending time with us. Um, we appreciate you uh, traveling a vast distance for your <laughs> special interview studio, which looks like a minivan. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah. 
it's not even it's it's probably one of these great zoom backgrounds you know you're probably in your yeah. palatial estate and it's yes. uh <laughs> exactly yep. absolutely but uh we want to thank you for uh taking time out of your day to speak with us i'm i'm sure you know you miss uh the 50 some odd minutes that you've spent away from your four kids uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can see you know, that we really need to do this video sometime. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we, yeah, we might we might cut this piece of video. No, um, but again, we want to thank you very much. Um, and uh, is there any any last few words you'd like to say to us or, or to people who are going to be listening to this? Oh gosh, I just I just want everybody to know that this is this is why I do this. I love being able to talk to other people and. Uh, just share this little bit of my space that I live in and that um, I, if there is one thing I want to be remembered for in this industry, it's that I love people and I want everybody to succeed. And if I have a day where I don't like my job, I just make sure that I help somebody and then that day is better. Well, that's, that, that's, that's, those are actually really wise words and we appreciate that. And with that, um, my name is Philip Millman. I can be reached on Twitter at the at sign board game rabbi you can also be found on the board game group, which is one uh, is a uh, Facebook group that I, I'm one of the administrators of Vic, where can they find you? And um, Victor Gannon here. Uh, and if you Google NaveCon, that's K N A V E con, uh, you'll find me. Um, you'll you'll know, and <laughs> you'll know when you found me. Yeah, the um, but look for NaveCon, and you'll find me. Um, we're one and the same thing. Rachel, thank you so much for taking the time to answer all the questions. And Rachel, if someone yeah. wants to, and Rachel, if someone wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to uh, send a question to you? Oh, absolutely. Um, I am on. Uh, most social media, uh, I mostly, um, am able to be caught at, uh, my Facebook account, Rachel Blasky or 524 labs. Uh, we have a page, um, also the mint series board game group, uh, hang out there quite a bit and, uh, um, on various, uh, past Kickstarter pages, it'll show, um, invitations to our discord channel so uh that's definitely where i hang almost all the time and uh they'll tell you that uh what a pain in the butt i am <laughs> well with, <laughs> well with that thank you very much and as vic and i like to say always be gaming always be gaming thank you <laughs>